1: It's early. Well, it's it's not so early. For normal people, it's not early. It's about 7.30. Here's what I love about that, dude. I, since this has started, have not gotten up before double digits AM. Every day? I rise. I, I, I My eyes open, I'd say, about 7, 8 AM. But you don't feel the need to get up. And this makes me feel, because our guest is nothing if not a hard worker, I now feel like an idiot. Because I'm realizing there are so many hours that I have wasted. There
0: are so many hours in the day between <laughs> between like
1: seven and ten a.m. There's there's to, a lot to do things. There's a lot that could be done in those hours. I could have made I could have made huevos rancheros. You could have. I found finally
0: our Twitter page. Oh, did finally I didn't realize how much work you had been putting into that.
1: Yeah, you understand that the first time I opened that Twitter page, I texted you and I said, Hey, Alex, here's the Twitter
0: no, page. No, I like I I knew it existed, but I finally saw like what you've been posting. And yeah. I just feel like maybe I'm gonna need to like curate it a little bit. Talk
1: to me about that. What are you afraid of?
0: So yeah, let's ju- let's just go through here one at a time. Okay.
1: okay. Oh wow, we're doing this. You know, Fred Willard, R I P. Love RIP, because he's amazing. But followed closely by Brendan Fraser in George of the Jungle dancing. If you okay. did not have any sort of sexual awakening to Brendan Fraser in George of...
0: A, f- <laughs> a <going>. flamethrower, <laughs> Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Yes. A poster for The Shining. Yes. Spike Lee and Tim yes. Curry. What's the common theme here? Like, what,
1: what's the... um? There is not one black person. Little
0: justice. Little justice. Little
1: justice. Fuck yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Little Justice. This thing that we do, I am the terrible Nick Walker. Who are you? The great Alex Smolo. That is grand. Um, We are so, so, so very fortunate. To have this guest with us today. This guest is pretty much our boss at this point, but like also just an awesome person. She is the founder and the creator of Broadway Podcast Network, which is so uh you know we are so grateful hosts are our terrible podcast for some odd reason and um she's also just you know a prolific broadway producer and what i just found out about a week and a half ago a former imagineer which we have to talk about because one of the things that we have never talked about on this podcast is both mine and alex's love of disney parks how have we never gotten into that uh i i'm not sure is it intentional that we stay away from it? I think that for people's palatability of us, I think that we definitely, you know, because we would just talk about it incessantly and we wouldn't talk about movies. And that's probably what's going to happen today. Dory, come on in here, first of all.
2: Hi. I am so honored to be with you guys.
1: No, thank you for being here. Thank you for putting up with us. I love your podcast. You, you're very kind. Very, we, we, we try. Well, I try. You do try. What what I think, I mean, what I was about to say is, Dory, not only is Dory, was Dory an Imagineer, but her baby... Which is one of my favorite uh, rides, Muppet Vision 3D, which is why our, our topic today is Muppet movies. Because we, we have to talk about Muppets, and we have to talk about Muppet Vision 3D, and we have to talk about Disney parks. I'm very excited. Like, I don't know if you can tell. I'm very excited about this. Uh, so, Dory, Dory, I don't, like, there's so much I want to <laughs> ask you, but, like, just, just take us back to that moment. What is this for you? What, the Imagineering. How? How? How?
2: You know, it just was one of the absolute best times of my entire life, times a thousand. I grew up in Los Angeles, going to Disneyland all the time. I was um, uh, just wanted so badly to understand how everything worked. Behind the scenes, and how it was just transporting for me and feel good, and of course I grew up on the Muppets and was mm. obsessed with Kermit and Fozzie Bear and and um, well Miss Piggy, and they meant the world to me. They were teaching me about life all the time, and so one of my dreams in life was to be an Imagineer to work behind the curtain, figure out how it all works and to help make it happen. And so I had the most amazing opportunity to run a, a division making the theme park movies. And we worked very closely with Jim Henson on a number of projects, including Muppet Vision 3D. And it was just, it was, it was a dream. Of course it ended I'm so proud of uh, the the film, but it, um, it ended so tragically because we lost Jim at the end of the shoot. But the whole experience, I treasure it so much. And the most amazing group of people I've ever worked with.
1: That's amazing. I mean, it's such a special thing. Back when it was called MGM Studios, not Hollywood Studios, it was tucked away back by... Where the now isn't there that beer place there now like or it's it's because it's right where Galaxy's Edge is now. You have to understand there's so many rides that I and, and experiences in Disney Park that I as a kid was terrified of and like so for instance my favorite if you talk about Disneyland my favorite story when I was a child and Alex will get a kick out of this I could not do for the life of me the Indiana Jones adventure uh I you were I scared when I, of it I was terrified I literally yeah, that so, makes sense it was. I was terrified, guys. I literally got on that ride and it was that big Jeep. And I had just seen Jurassic Park, which had, you know, traumatized me but also inspired me. And I was like, I don't know where this car is going, but it reminds me of the car from Jurassic Park. I need to get out of here now. And I literally, as the lap bar was coming down, I was like, no, I need to nope. And I just stood up and my mom was like, Nick, what are you doing? Like the ride is like where they're about to start. They were about to give the thumbs up. And I was like, nope, I'll just wait. And so my my dad, my my stepdad had to get out of the of the ride with me and like wait and he was like so clearly angry because he wanted to do this ride and we had waited in like three hours for this yeah because it
0: took forever to get there
1: yeah this was like before this was still when it was like you know uh like e-tickets and all that you know it was like um like all this stuff so like you had to like wait there's no fast pass i don't think yet so you literally waited but muppet vision was one of those i mean you know it almost the, the one that i would compare it to is almost um philhar magic Um, it just like, cause it's just, it's just one of those things that you just see these characters that you, that you know, and that you love so deeply. And like, it just overwhelms you. So talk to us about, I mean, you talked a little bit about this, but, but what was that like kind of having that consultation and that work with Mr. Henson? I mean, like clearly this is all his brainchild. What was he like as a collaborator? What was he? You know what was his process?
2: He was an incredible collaborator. He he just he surrounded himself with an extraordinary group of people. Of course, the Muppeteers were geniuses. They were just geniuses. They were so funny. They were incredible collaborators. They played off of each other. Um, but the the process with us, I was representing Disney. You know, um, in the mix. So I was supervising Muppet Vision on behalf of Disney, which was an interesting situation because you take this incredible team of imaginative, crazy puppeteers. um and, and they are, you know, when you think about their movies and you think about Muppet Vision, you think about their work, it's like crazy and all over the place. And then, you know, Disney is much more buttoned up. And they're very, very, very definitive rules. Like, what can this character do? This character would never do that. This character would never say that. And it's very specific. And so it's kind of taking these two worlds together because you may remember there's some Disney character cameos in yep. Muppet Division and so yep. bringing those worlds together um, and uh, kind of pr- protecting the Disney of it all with the Muppets was so much fun and very challenging but mm. um, I, I, there are moments that really are the highlights of my life I, I had the great honor really of getting to have lunch they encouraged at the time if you can believe all Disney executives to on the company go out and have lunch with colleagues I just didn't even realize how luxurious that was. And so we went out mm-hmm. to lunch all the time. And of course, Disney had a commissary and I would go there with Jim frequently. And the lunches were always brainstorming sessions, dreaming, imagine what if we did this, you know? What if we did that? You know, one of the things when he when we lost Jim that just I couldn't stop thinking about is just that incredible brain and all the unbelievable things that will never happen. We're going to come out of his his incredible brain. You know, he just was inspiring and warm and loving, and just the most wonderful person to work with. And I'm so ecstatic to have had that opportunity in my life. It's
1: yeah, no, it's I it it really and like watching. I mean, Alex, did you ever did you ever get to do the did you ever get to do it? No. So I I mean, I've I've
0: never. I have to admit, I am not. uh, I wasn't before this hyper familiar with the Muppets. I'm obviously I knew. I know, I know them. I know the characters growing up. It's mm. it's hard to avoid Kermit <laughs> and Fozzie and the the two old guys. And but I'm not like a wow, wow. Them, yeah, Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, exactly. Well, Statlin exactly. Mulder. I I call them the the two old guys. Okay. Um, and so and and before you pre pre Nick Walker in my life, I wasn't familiar with Disney. Uh, theme parks either yeah tell tell dory that story tell
1: tell her her how that how that came
0: well so i mean obviously like this is like a weird eccentricity of nick right (laughs) is is that he is an adult man works hard brings home the the bacon and he's got this weird I don't even know
1: what what you'd call it. You mean I'm very protective of my inner child? That's what you mean? For,
0: yes. Well that's a perfect you've thought about this before. You've framed <laughs> this before for people. Yes, you're protecting your inner child with everything that you have. Yes. Uh, you go you love Disney parks. You love, I love going to, I love them. to Disney and then you know Universal on the side and you've got, you know, there's things surrounding it, but Disney World, Disneyland. So I would obviously always make fun of you for it. Yes, obviously, because why wouldn't I? And then one year, you just decided to invite me along <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> on on you and Sarah's vacation. <laughs> I,
1: call- I think I think I remember I think I remember pitching it to you as when you come to this park, you will understand. Yeah, like and I was like, I- ah ha ha ha, and
0: I, yeah. I I jumped on the opportunity to be like, you know what? It sounds like a week straight of like Nick's gonna book everything. We're gonna drink the whole time. And we'll just walk around, and, and I'll be able to just make fun of it the whole time. And like literally from the time I hit the ground, like they the the like Magic Express that picks you up from the airport. I was I was in. <laughs> he was. I was now, like, hey, this is the best thing ever." Like this, ev- everything is taken care of. Every every there's so much attention to detail. There's so much attention to making sure that you're having a good experience. It's like if mm-hmm. you can just if you can just remove any sort of cynicism, which isn't hard in that environment, it's like, it really is the most magical place on
1: earth. It, it's what I'm trying to say. I was trying to tell because like, and what I love about it is, is that detail, and is, especially for those of us who love film and, lo- you know, love watching film, I mean, like, it's literally films that we grew up on come to life. And, you know, it's funny, because like, I I think that so much of what I've discovered about myself is like, I do have when it comes to like things that I produce, my own content, like I have a very twisted mind and I love twisted humor. But like when it comes to me, like relaxing and finding my joy, there's no other place that I'd rather be. And there's no and like for my wife, like I'm very lucky with the person I marry because there's no other place that she'd rather be. And we we have all kind of formed this like this Disney family. I mean, Alex became an annual you became an annual pass holder before I did. Uh, immediately I got back from Disney world. I live in LA
0: and immediately was like, I got to go to Disneyland. Yeah. And I went (laughs) and I think I signed up for the annual pass. Like as I showed up. (laughs) Yes. You're like, okay, yeah, I'll be going here. Yeah. And now my wife, I started bringing her. She had the same idea. Like, oh, Disneyland. Like, yeah, it'd be fun. I don't know why we'd spend money, you know, doing that, whatever. And I took her once or twice. And now it's like, we have annual passes before, before COVID hit. At least we were going once, twice a month. Um, just love it. I mean, I'm drinking out of out of a mug we got there now. Like uh, everything's just started to <laughs> Disneyify. That's what it should be. But so so the Muppets are not Disney, though.
2: Well,
1: we'll t- talk yeah, talk about talk about the story.
2: Well, first of all, you guys are my kind of people. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm with you completely. Um, actually, the the story is awful, actually. But the end result and the answer to your question is yes, the Muppets are Disney. But when we were working on Muppet Vision, Jim was in the process of selling his company to Disney. He felt very strongly that he wanted his characters to live on forever and felt that Disney could take really great care of them. But to, to make a, a challenging story <laughs> brief, um, when Jim passed away, suddenly, totally unexpectedly, and the family came together, the deal was just seconds away from being signed. It wasn't signed at that point. And the clash between the Disney brass and the Henson family was was uh, right from the at, at, the, at the funeral, honestly, um, mm. which was uh, very evident, and uh, it did not go well, and it took years and years and years and years for the these two uh, entities to come back together and for dream, Jim's wish to come true.
1: Wow. That's a shame to hear.
2: But- You know, Disney's taking good care of the Muppets, so that's terrific.
1: You know, it's interesting, and I think this is always true, right? The the kind of the intersection of art and commerce, and it's not neither one is is bad. You know, you have to you have to sell in order to be able to to make art, and you have to make art in order to sell art. But it's it's always a you know there's so many there's so many people who you know when I tell them about my love of Disney parks, you know they're they're very quick to point out like the the things that like it's like you know Disney's this big corporation and all this stuff, and I'm like. Yes, I completely. This is, we we know this. Like, this is, there's no way you can avoid this. Then that's, and that's fine. What I love is what they put out. What I love is, is what is, what goes into those parks. And, and if you can just take it, don't ignore it, but like, but accept it. Accept that that's, that that's where this comes from, but also just know that what they're, what they're doing. I like, you, you talk about Statler and Waldorf, that I remember. That so when I you know again I'm a, I'm a I'm a young kid going into this thing I hate like in close spaces to like any darkened theater always scares the crap out of me as a young kid uh, I was you know walking out of movies walking out of the Indiana Jones ride but when I sit down and then the first thing you hear is Statler and Waldorf just like ragging on this thing before it's even started and you just all of a sudden just feel like okay like well that's cool. Like okay, so they're they're gonna they're gonna like make because they're just they just don't care they're just making oh my god oh my please god please tell me you can do the voices
2: make, oh my explain god. what we're seeing right
1: now so you have uh Statler and Waldorf uh uh puppets or or are they that's your dolls yeah. amazing we're just friends this is wonderful what a wonderful day um I need to go to Shanghai uh not to no to- Disney uh Tokyo Disney Sea sorry. Tokyo Disney. Have you seen? Have you either? I mean, I'm sure Dory, You've seen the Alex. Have you seen pictures I've, from? I've to- seen. Yeah, I've seen some things. Ooh, that looks like a beautiful park.
2: It's so interesting when you think about how they had to figure out what are what are the unique cultural habits and and uh, you know what do they eat? What are they? Because when they opened Paris Disneyland, it was it did not go well because they just took Disney and they plopped it in France without thinking these things through, and. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, there was such a backlash because, you know, there's in France, they take these long lunches, they drink wine, they have facial hair, which you were not allowed yep. to have at Disney parks. And so <laughs> they had to it just was a giant disaster. It failed completely. And then they had to stop and say, oh, OK, OK. We're in France. What do they do? Oh, They're we there. have
1: to ad- adapt to the, the local culture. Who would have known? But but let's let's rope it back into the into the point of this <laughs> podcast because we could talk about these parks forever. So what we you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you if you don't already know what we do on this podcast, we pick a theme every week and we pick a you know a movie that we think uh, in our hearts best exemplifies that theme. Obviously, with Dorian this week, the best thing that we could pick would be the Muppet movie. And it's funny because Alex, as you noted, there are only. There How are only many, eight Muppet movies eight, eight from Muppet 1979
0: movies to, to 2014, yep. earliest to latest. Yeah. So, I mean, this one kind of has... There, since there's only so many choices, we'll have to approach it a little bit differently. Just a smidge. Because we'll get through about half <laughs> of all <laughs> the existing Muppet <laughs> movies. Like I said, like I didn't have a whole lot. I Obviously, like everyone's aware of the Muppets in general, um, but I haven't really engaged with them since I was a kid. And And what I noticed watching... Uh, through my film is that these are very geared towards adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I never, I you. never, you know, I I get like, okay, it's very punny. It's very like, ha, ha, ha. As a kid, you, you pick up on that, but you're just kind of watching these puppets dance around and laughing along and it's colorful and it's whatever. But my, so my movie, uh, the one I picked was grittier than I thought it'd be. It was subtler than I thought it would be. You know, I think the last Muppet movie I saw was the was the Jason Siegel one from two thousand and eleven. And that was my last experience with it, which I think is a little it it, it seemed geared more commercially, right? Like yeah. it, it was really it was it was brighter and louder. and it, at a point in time when everyone knew the Muppets and it was trying to bring it back in a really big, loud way. But mine goes all the way back to the start. We're coming in. It's a helicopter shot. It seems like it's almost out of, like, Apocalypse Now or something like that coming in over the swamp, right? Mm -hmm. Just a helicopter pushing closer and closer and closer down over these trees. You start hearing a banjo playing.
1: Oh, yeah. Come on.
0: It fades into the set, this, like, beautiful swamp set. And it's just... the It's so simple and so beautiful. It's just Kermit sitting on a log playing Rainbow Connection. Yep. Um, I mean... It's the Where, the original 1979. Yeah, start with the first. Yeah. The Muppet Movie. Why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? Rainbows. And it's amazing because the the song itself has such a um, legacy, right? And I immediately jumped to to the recording of uh, Jim Henson's funeral. Mm-hmm. where they get up and say, and like, I've, I've watched that. So like every, oh, anytime God, I need to yeah. cry, I'll put on Jim funeral and, and um, play seeing big bird and all the, you know, singing rainbow connection uh and just like breaking down did it. So like, so like seeing this at the very beginning, right? This is the first big thing, seeing this in its, in its natural habitat, so to speak, where it came from. Um, just kind of struck a real chord with me and, th- and then the rest of the movie watching, you know every single line of dialogue is so honed in. Everything is double entendre. everything is a pun. Mm-hmm. everything is a joke. everything has some deeper you know meaning to it, um, some critique or context or and, and it's sharp. it's that's what I was surprised about is you know for a 1979 puppet movie, this thing is biting. it is sharp. Yeah.
1: Also, consider who you have as cameos in that film. You have some of like, the best comedic faces of that generate. You have Dom DeLouise, you have Madeline Kahn, who's like, I mean, come on. You have, I think you've Steve, isn't Steve Martin in there?
2: Steve Martin in Weinstein, Earl oh, Pope, yeah. oh, Elliot Gould,
1: Richard, <laughs> <Pryor, laughs> Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor, Orson, Orson Welles.
2: Yeah. Orson like, Welles. Yeah. Can you believe that? Orson,
1: Orson Welles. Yeah. It just,
2: yeah. it's everyone showed.
1: You know, that's, I mean, that that speaks to me of of the magic of this thing because, you know, so many, like, you realize, like, you know, so many of these cameos, I mean, I and Dory, maybe you can speak to this, but, like, when you're setting up cameos like that, I mean, that's just call that's a cold call and say, hey, especially in the original Muppet movie before it's like, you know, obviously we know about the Muppets, they've had a history before them, but, like, you know, who knows if a Muppet movie is going to work? Um, So, are, you're just calling, you're calling people like, yo, do you want to get well, in on this? Or go they, ahead
2: when they shot when they shot the muppet movie which was my Mitch is my favorite too for sure mm. uh, they were already a gigantic hit as a television series in the 1970s gotcha. mm-hmm. the muppets were huge and so it became it was like um, you know guest starring on Glee or something you know it's mm-hmm. like everybody wanted that moment and so they had a lot of these cameos they had a lot of these people and many many other big names had already made cameo appearances on the Muppet Show wow. and so when they when they decided to to make the movie. Um, it was, I don't think that was a difficult part of it, you know, figuring out how to get Kermit to ride a bike and Fozzie to drive a car. That was really right. un- insane. You know, that was crazy. But, you know, to your point, I, I was, it's wacky and so much comedy and everything, but you know, the heart of that film and what it's about is just to me, you know, as a, as a kid, it was like so many life lessons, like Kermit was excited about the opportunity um, when he was discovered, so to speak, in the swamp, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. by, by the idea of chasing his dream to make millions of people happy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's an ad in here that you should be very interested in. Feast your eyes on that. Uh, worldwide Studios announces open auditions for frogs wishing to become rich and famous. Well, thanks anyway, but I'm really pretty happy where I am. Oh, oh, if I were you, I would give this audition very careful consideration. You've got talent, kid. Singing, telling jokes. I mean, if you get your tongue fixed, who knows? You can make millions of people happy.
0: Millions of people
2: happy. Step into the world of
1: power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannoli.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary, VGW,
2: we're
0: prohibited by law, see terms and conditions, 18 plus.
2: I mean, I love that, you know, I
0: love that. It spoke to who Kermit was immediately. Like it, it set up without, it, you could never have seen the Muppets before ever and you immediately get in the first 10 minutes who who Kermit is and what the whole, what the whole brand stands for. You, you kind of felt that Jim Henson, mindset you know where Mm. what why this existed to begin with in in just those few
1: lines it's so funny when i uh so the museum of the moving image uh is right here in in queens and they have had a jim henson exhibit have you seen it dory have you yeah. you yeah absolutely and they've i mean it's been up here for now i think like three four years but one of the things that is just consistent through all all the you know all the the points of the exhibition is just from the beginning his creativity. Um, and, and just the fact, I mean, so, you know, he was, he was drawing these cartoons when he was a kid. Do you mean like he was, this was, this was always something that he, that he was, you know, called to do and was always innovating in terms of how do we make these creatures feel more lifelike and more welcoming and and more open. And what I've always loved is the behind the scenes footage when they were doing the test footage for, the, for this movie, you just see how connected he and Frank Oz are to these these co- yeah. like they are just riffing, and like I think there's like one one segment that they show in the Mo- Museum of the Moving Image where it's like them. They were just like, it's like a test, you know, filming where like they're just looking at like cows and like riffing on cows and trying to like talk to cows as their characters, and like they're just having this full conversation back and forth, not a beat, not a beat between them. Like like literally just talking as their characters and like fully animating their it. it just the connection that they had to these characters shines through in that movie so well
2: their ability to speak to kids yeah. you know, so yeah. beautifully but then also completely to the adult audience it was at the same time it was just so masterful like you know when in the movie they run into floyd pepper the the rock star guy uh-huh. uh and they say you know do you want to go on the journey with us because you're so talented you could be discovered and you know have great fame and fortune in Hollywood, he literally says to them, when you get rich and famous, we'll show up to exploit your wealth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wow. mean, what an eight year old is just going to go over their head. but I mean, to an adult, that's hysterical. That's crazy. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, I to your point, that's what I was going to say is, is like, whereas somebody like Mr. Rogers, right from his core doing what he does, but it's geared towards the kids, right? The whole thing is, is about helping kids through their issues and growing up and dealing with with what's about to come hit them um in adulthood and i think what what i never understood about the muppets until now is you know yes it's for kids yes it's the, those messages are in there this is all really speaking to to everybody to adults it's visually for kids but it is uh you know emotionally thematically educationally for adults and you don't don't find that very often Mm.
2: no and the the lyrics the score by paul williams is so spectacular with rainbow connection and moving right along and there's a line that i've always kept in mind in the reprise of rainbow connection um the final song in the movie it says life's like a Write your own ending. That message is just such a great thing for a kid to hear, you know, it's just so empowering and for anyone to hear maybe who's going through a difficult time, you know, just write your own ending.
1: It, it really, yeah, it speaks, it speaks volumes. And and the the pure joy that was captured, I think, and the pure kind of hope, you know, that's captured um, has continued on. Like, you can and i think that that's kind of always been the ballast right to to kind of judge these movies um because you know when when you feel them getting away from that is when i for me i've started to <clears throat> i start to kind of shut off you know when when i not not that you have to because you can't you know i think that's what's so hard about it is like that kind of joy you can't mass produce like it, it has to it has to be crafted and it has to be every intricate detail um but I I just know that like what when I feel it start to slip away is when you just kind of throw the so okay great we have the Muppets everybody loves the Muppets let's throw them into a into a plot you know and then we lose a little bit of that and 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 that that is kind of at least for me that that's kind of when I when I kind of shrink away but you, but Dory so you were saying this so that's your, that would be your pick as well
2: oh yeah absolutely and you know we we get to meet all the characters and actually there were a lot of characters and moments in the Muppet movie that were. You we, we saw again in Muppet Vision 3D, whether it's you know, um uh, uh the Swedish chef. <laughs>
1: Good. Raw
0: yeah. film. Okay. Flame
2: is <laughs> or, you know, or Fozzie Bear trying to be a stand-up comedian.
1: Here I am, Fuzzy Bear to tell you jokes both old and rare. Waka water Hey, Let's start things off with a bang. Yeah.
2: There. To me, that is is like an almost perfect movie because it's, it's wacky and crazy and technically at the time, at least 1979, off mm-hmm. the charts, but it's not overly sentimental, you know? No. And it didn't feel forced, as you were saying, you know? It just yeah. felt... Like you are on this wacky adventure with these characters, and you want K- Kermit to succeed, and you want him to chase his dream and get it—that he's going to make millions of people happy.
1: Yep. It's simple. Yep. It's so funny because my my choice. So I so those the three movies that I would watched were that one I watched, that, and obviously that one I you know I was by by two a.m. I was tearing up, crying. Um, and then I, and then I fell asleep on my, what, what I, what was my second choice, which was uh, the Muppets, the 2011 Muppets, because here's what I will say for that. It is flashy. It is crazy. Um, but what I think is wonderful about it is very much in the same way, Dory, that you've described Jim Henson bringing himself to this first film. I think Jason, you can feel that Jason Siegel brought yes. his fandom to this film. And that's what makes it work was just like, oh, you're telling the story about how much these characters meant to you. And 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 I can get behind that. And and so for as much as it was like very much a 2011 like Muppets reboot, it was also like there was by the end of it like that that final speech that Kermit gives where he's, you know, a, you know, in, in classic Muppets fashion, they try to they try to have a fundraiser to, to keep their to, you know, get their show back going and and they fail. And Kermit gives this amazing rousing speech about, um, you know, it doesn't matter if we fail because we did this together. And that's all I care about, and it's just like one of the most pure sentiments. And I, every time I see it, I, I cry. And and it's and it's just so well done. But the movie that I decided on, and this is this is actually gonna, it, it, this is kind of why I brought it up. I think that if they, you know, there was like I said, there was a, a time there in the '90s into I think uh, maybe a little bit of the '2000s where they were trying to just plug the Muppets into different stories, and a lot of those didn't work for me, but one of them really did. One of them, I think, has to be my my favorite. Is this why um, Tim Curry is on our Twitter? It is not why Tim Curry. See, see, you already. <laughs> but it's it's. Cl- I mean, it's close because I think that's a second. I think that's a runner up. I think it's an absolute runner up because. But that one to me, so Muppet Treasure Island, I think works s- solely on Tim Curry's performance. Yeah. Because he's just he's amazing, and the, my problem with that one is the Muppets take such a back seat in that movie. Gotcha. It's so it's not about the Muppets, but this one is in so many ways. As mu- it's 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 about you know it's about the innovation that it takes to even though they're not the central character, it is about the innovation it takes to create a world that is this um, efficient at at storytelling. So we open. I mean, you're gonna know what it is from the time I. I, I describe it, but we open on foggy London town. Yeah. I know it. <laughs> you know, to- it's the Muppets Take Manhattan. Right? Oh. Shut up. <laughs> <out. laughs> I'll kill you.
2: There he is, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge.
0: Say, is it getting cold out here? So
1: hmm. this was, and, and Dory, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was the first movie that they were going to do post uh, H- Jim Henson's death right um it was, it was 91 um mm-hmm. and and they uh brian henson who was his son was approached to you know they i think i think uh, the story went that he was told he was like yeah you know we would love to do an adaptation of the christmas carol we think you should do it um and we and i think it was originally supposed to be a series they wanted like a television series through as development happens it became a movie and they brought on michael Caine. Michael Caine. I, I've I've always felt that he's just one of the most emotionally connected actors that we have, and doesn't and you know sometimes sometimes I think that that it's it's overdone, but like in this movie it was I, to me honest and I'm 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 somebody's going to punch me in the face for saying this. I think this is one of his best performances. Oh spirit, do not leave me. I think I must. In, in fact. fact, you have meant so much to me. You have changed me. And now I leave you with the ghost of Christmas yet to come. You mean the future? Must mm. And I think it's one of his best because I think what, what he did that's brilliant is he played, he, and he says in, in interviews, he's like, I'm going to play this like, this is the Royal Shakespeare Company production of Christmas Carol. And so what that allowed him to do was he was as mean as he could be. And he really used that camera to great effect, to be as mean as he could be. And because he is surrounded by the Muppets, the dichotomy becomes is you have the most vulnerable creatures in the world. By their very nature, they are open and they are kind and they are they are loving and they just want to be there for him. And he just craps on all of them. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, this Christmas Carol story of this horrible man becomes it puts gets put into the, probably the starkest relief since Charles Dickens first wrote the story because you're able to really see the effect of his of his meanness
0: Now then sir, about the uh, donation
1: Let's see I know how to treat the poor. Mm-hmm. My taxes go to pay for the prisons and the poor houses. the homeless must go there. <gasps>
0: But some would rather die.
1: If they'd rather die, then they'd better do it and decrease the surplus population.
0: Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Oh
2: dear. Oh dear. This oh dear. is the door, oh
1: you may use it. Like, I think about the face that, you know, when. So he has Kermit uh, as his kind of Bob Cratchit, and Kermit's working in his office, and he asks. <clears throat> Excuse me, Mr. Scrooge, but it appears to be closing time.
2: Very well. I'll see you at eight tomorrow morning.
1: Um, um, tomorrow's Christmas. Eight thirty, then. You know, in that wonderful Kermit way, he's just—he just—he's like so unassuming and just like so hopeful that this man will say yes, even though it's so clear he's going to say no. And it just breaks your heart. And all—all all his little rat friends are like around and like, or and they're like they're hoping that he's going to say yes, and then he just obliterates them. And 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 yet Kermit goes and gets his son, his little tiny Tim. And and this amazing sequence, which um, you see Kermit walking, right? You see his legs moving, and they the way they did it was they. Um, I, I was watching behind the scenes videos. They uh, they made a set that was like a rotating set, right? So you just had his legs moving like this, and then then they just rotated a set almost like a globe behind him. So you just saw like the curvature of the street and the and the, and the houses passing by in such a way, and. And it's just and they're but they you know even though he's not going to get to spend Christmas with his family he's still singing this like happy song, and then um there's so many I'm sorry there's so many sequences that that just moved me um so many technical sequences that are brilliant the knocker on the door there's a knocker when he goes um when he goes back to his house the knocker just becomes a face and terrifies him and like and it's just this beautiful kind of rubbery movement that just really freaks you out um and then and and truly one of these scary you know i think whenever you're watching a christmas carol story you know it's you can always tell how good it is by how they do the the ghost of christmas uh future the best ones are terrifying and like i think about like scrooged which was like kind of scary but you know mock scary is bill murray scary this one is Scary AF, man. This is like some, I was, I was, I I don't remember it. Can you, can you, it's just, so it's, it's got these, it's, you know, the only thing that kind of gives it a little bit of clownish is it's, it's hands that the hands are like these, these kind of, you know, round bluish gray, rubbery hands, long fingers. But the rest of it is just this massive shroud and a complete darkness. And you also have Michael Caine playing against it. So Michael Caine is giving it all the fright that he can and just you know cowering before this this creature it's also massive it's huge and it just it just it just there's no there's no um i mean the brilliance of it and the brilliance of the character in general is there's no emotion to it he's not there to, to have sympathy you know the rest of the characters kind of like we're like hey you know we want you to be better so be better this one's like nope yeah this is what happens and and that kind of bluntness and and lack of answer um also again and i think this is this was another masterful touch to you know, Brian Henson talks about how um, they originally wanted, like, a Charles Dickens-esque character to narrate the story, and he chooses Gonzo and Rizzo. <laughs> and they were like, why? And he was like, because they are the least Dickens-esque characters. First,
2: your Christmas apple red, delicious, Suppence a apiece, while they last. They we, we won't last long the way
1: you're eating them. Hey, I'm creating scarcity. Drive surprises, up. Uh, Rizzo. <clears throat> Hello! Welcome to the Muppet Christmas Carol. And it's brilliant because they actually, they are able to provide a great commentary on the story. Um, and, and again, be kind of like Statler and Waldorf were for me in the Muppet Vision 3D. They they make it that much less scary. They're like, ooh, this is, they they warn you. They're like, hey, this is the scary part. So we're going to yeah. go and we'll be back when it's over. And like, I don't know. I just I just felt like you could feel, and maybe this is me projecting onto the film, but you could just feel the heart that they were putting into it because they knew that they had to carry on this man's legacy. I mean, I, I think I think the Christmas Carol is a great um, a great format for the Muppets,
0: right? Because the heart of a Christmas Carol is all about you know about melting people's ice and and about believing and hoping, you know, in in the hope of of humanity, right? It's about it's about you can be better, you know, you are loved. There's you know the future can be what you want it to be, and that's the message of the Muppets is you know the the rainbow connection is not about look how great everything is it's about one day we're gonna we're gonna figure it out we'll find it one yeah. day we'll find it and I think um you know obviously with the ghost of Christmas future and everything like that's what Christmas Carol's about so I think on some level uh the, the story just just works thematically
1: it really does. It really there are also the
2: little treasures in all the all the movies and in the Christmas Carol I re- remember the shooting star you know over mm-hmm. Kermit's head and that was mm-hmm. very specifically done as a as a tribute to Jim
1: Henson oh. yeah. yeah you can you can and you and again I, I always <clears throat> I always look for the ways in which the creators put themselves in their in their films the time that we spend with Bob Cratchit and his son there's just something very special about that yeah and and especially knowing where this film came from yeah man so that's the yeah, I, I that's my pick but uh it's you know I, I think I think look if you're if you just especially in these days when life is crazy these are not bad movies to watch. I, I would highly recommend putting on one of these films just because they're—it's just pure joy. It's just like stupid, pure fun. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing it's, wrong. It's
2: hard for me not, given, given you know, um, having had the honor of working with them, to look at these movies and not know what was. You know you can get, I, I of course get totally swept up in the emotion and the humor. And you know, a Christmas carol is such a good example of that. It really was be- just beautifully told and, and all that. But I'm, but it's also kind of extraordinary to think like just a walking scene of Kermit. I know that took 10 puppeteers to yep. make that happen you know so the technical genius behind all that and to do it in a way that is so seamless that you yep. can it doesn't give you a second to to step out of the movie and think those thoughts you know you're with it you're with kermit you're you're with the whole story and but there's this massive technical machine yeah. behind it that's real it's not animation you know it's yeah, authentic
0: this- This is why, Nick, when we when you told when you told me Muppets was a theme for this, I had to clarify, like, okay, like just the Muppets, like as the brand, you're like, yeah, 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 we have to Um, because I would have gone straight for Labyrinth.
1: I mean, Labyrinth is and in
0: terms of technical achievement with in puppetry, you know, I used to live on the behind the scenes featurettes from Labyrinth just because like the 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 amount of imagination that went into because it's not just the puppets, right? It's not just about moving the puppets. It's how the puppets interact with the environments around them, right? These environments are built to try to, you know, you hide the hands and the strings and all that. Um, but Muppets doesn't, you know, we're not really, we're not, it wasn't in an age where they were, where they could take the wires out, where they could yeah. hide all this stuff and do it easily. There's no CGI. There's no anything. So to watch the ingenious um, workarounds, you know, is, is magic in and of itself and it's yeah
1: now now dory just a question for you so as as a producer of you know theater and 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 you know and imagineer and all these all these wonderful things so when you look at a process like that when somebody you know when you're having these meetings and it's like how you know what is this going to take to film the scene and you know that you're going to be stuck on a, on one scene for like three you know I mean like three weeks in your producer brain is it just automatically like you know i mean with the muppets i guess you have a proven entity but is it automatically worth it? Or is it like, are you thinking, okay, how can we still most efficiently get this done? Or do, like, at what point is it like a scene that just needs to be cut? Cause it's just too complicated.
2: Well, with Muppet vision 3d, uh, you, the Muppets were obviously established and, and well yep. known when we, when we uh, made the film, but what we did and what was kind of my operating rule uh, uh, with uh, Disney, with theme park productions was it had to, Absolutely push uh, the medium to a whole new place. You you couldn't do things that were done before. It had wow. to it had to set a whole new bar. So it was the Muppets, which in and of itself, as we've talked about, is challenging. It's really challenging and technically complex. You know, aside from all the genius humor and all of that, but then it was the first time ever that CGI was used in three D. So mm-hmm. the whole movie was shot in three D for starters, which yep. Um, at the time in, in 1991, um, there is a lot you can do now that is, is has been simplified technically. But we had humongous 3D cameras. I mean, massive 3D cameras, and, and the the technical um, team around that was the the state of the art. So I learned so much from them, and and they were all so kind, and and it all had to be very very collaborative, uh, because we also had as I. Mentioned CGI characters, computer graphics characters, and 1991. That was kind of a new thing, and the first. It was the first time that you would have a CGI character in a 3D film. So you, it was the added layers of complexity with these puppet characters. So imagine that they're hidden, they're underground, looking at their puppet through a mo- you know through a monitor with their hand in the air, probably in a very uncomfortable position. Acting while uh, opposite, perhaps, a 3D character that doesn't exist at the moment. Mm. (laughs) You know, so the level of complexity um, to shoot that, you know, 13 minute movie was off the charts. It was. It was crazy.
1: Are you aware, as you as you're watching this happen, are you aware of like, okay, we need to give somebody a break because like they've just been in that position for so long. Like, like are are they pushing through these takes? Or are they like, I mean, are they cramping out? Like, I mean, because that's that's a, I mean, for everyone involved, that just seems like <laughs> such a task.
2: Well, with the Muppets, you know, it's a very different situation because, you know, they. they we we've had to be completely deferential and, you know, we really became, because we had worked on a number of things together, not just Muppet vision. We were, yeah. we really bond, everyone had bonded. It was such a, a tight, tight team of people and um, they know their craft, you know, gotcha. and what we were able to bring to the table were help support them with these brilliant Imagineers. And then also to anticipate this live action um, that was being captured on screen, they were going to be interacting with, with Statler and Waldorf live in the theater you know, and, and how, what are the, what are the sight lines? What are the, you know, so mm-hmm. to help and support them with all the technical expertise of, of the Imagineers that would be building the theater and all that. It was a very, very, very collaborative process, but in terms of, you know, when there are breaks and how, how far can, you know, how long can Miss Piggy work before she needs to take a rest? That, that, <laughs> yep. that was totally, you know, um, Frank Oz's call. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> but it was, it was a dream project. And I think because of its massive complexity e- ever since then, you know, no problem. We'll figure it out. <laughs> nothing is, as, nothing has ever been challenged.
1: <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Cause I was like, you know, even it's, you know, with, with the prom and with all the, all the Broadway stuff that you've produced, like, it also occurs to me like, wow, if you've been able to do that, I mean, it's, it's crazy as Broadway can get, because Broadway gets crazy. But like, that's, that just seems like, yeah, you could do it. It's a cakewalk in, in a way, right? Or is it?
2: Well, it was, it was thrilling. It was absolutely thrilling because it, it, the mandate basically was to create things that don't exist. And so you know, when you see films or Broadway shows that are so derivative of something else, it's to me, it's so frustrating. What a missed opportunity to, to be, you know, create things that are brand new and push the medium. And to me, that's what's really exciting. And to bring this genius group of people together and watch them work at the top of their craft, it it, it, it was extraordinary.
1: No, I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine.
2: I do have to say, though, that they were also a blast. They were so much fun. Um, I got to be a um, in Muppet Vision. I got to be a penguin in the finale scene. Yes. I am a penguin. Um, and, and, um, uh, and even the audio for a penguin, I'm the legacy that, that is and, my legacy. is, they're just, they're, they were all so, um, just like the nicest group of people ever. And so, so much fun to work with.
1: That's my dream. That's my, that's, I, I literally, so when I, you know, cause I, I think the show is done now, but, um, uh, great moments in history in the parks, uh, which I, again, it's it was this amazing. I th- I think it's done. I, th- I don't think they do it anymore uh, at at a, uh, but I I literally one of my dreams was like, yo, if if this theater thing, if this acting thing doesn't work out, that's my first. I'm audition. I don't even care what I have to do. I will be there. Isn't I that will be all there. animatronic robots? No, it's it's so it's 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 voice recorded. So the obviously the voice record pre recorded, but it's um everyone. Everyone's up there is is doing. It's like the people in the window; they're doing it. Right. Um, and I was like, I yeah, I, I will figure out how to how to worm my way into that world because <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but no, Dory, thank you so much for for coming on and, and chatting with. Yeah, chatting thank with you.
2: Oh, oh, no. No, thank you both. Amazing. Nothing
1: but a pleasure. But uh, yeah, guys, watch some up at movies. Um, take care of yourselves. Uh, you know, stay out of trouble, and uh, and we will see you uh, next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everybody.
0: Little justice, little justice, little justice